My name is Amanda. And I'm Kristen. And we are the Extra Sisters. And we broke up our intro because we just can't sync it up <laughs> on this uh, virtual recording. Yeah, it is not working uh, virtually recording because usually we can just look at each other and cue it, but that's what you get because, uh, <laughs> you know, we're still, still doing the social distancing thing. But today we are going to be discussing another 100 Years of Horror segment. We are going to be discussing the 1950s part one. So we're going to go through 1950, 51, 52, 53, and 54. And this one was actually quite a bit of fun. We're getting into oh some, God, so much fun. Yeah, not that, you know, the other things we've done haven't been horror, but we're starting to get into some more like fun horror. Well, so serious. Yes, that and just things that are more recognizably horror. Mm-hmm. I guess that makes sense. Like, true. You get Vincent Price and you get aliens. Yes. And yeah, so we're starting in 1950 with House by the River. And honestly, we had some good ones. And I really have a thing for murder. So like in Night Must Fall, where you've got this like, just like family or this house and there's this murder mystery happening or this murderer and it's very high tense uh, or high mm-hmm. situation. So House by the River is about this author and this is a British film, I believe. Uh, Mm -hmm. if I had that correct and it is in black and white there's only one not in black and white and it felt very much more sophisticated and out of the 50s but we'll get to that in a minute and this motherfucker (laughs) he has quite the character development our main antagonist here Uh, but it's about this author and he likes his maid a little bit too much and he gets real rapey and creep Dude, and I even made a note. One of my notes here is it's hard to gauge the creepy because at first he's just kind of like looking at her and Mm -hmm. her neighbor like catches on and she's like, where's your wife? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Even where's your wife? (laughs) And uh, he's just like, oh, yeah, whatever, whatever. But she, the maid is getting ready for something. She took a bath in his bathtub because they are downstairs and wasn't working. It doesn't really matter. But basically he goes inside to like look at her. And I was like, it's kind of hard to gauge his creepy because men can just be creepy and stare at women and be otherwise harmless, you know? Right. Wrong. Nope. <laughs> exactly. Not, Not harmless. And then I immediately was like, okay, yeah, he's creepy. <laughs> exactly. Because, like, he's coy at first. Like, he's turned all the lights off and is, like, watching her. And she's, like, scared because she hears noise downstairs. Like, what a fucking creep. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And his smile is the worst. Like, this guy's such a good actor, first of all. He did so well in this. And then I just went, oop, he killed her. (laughs) Exactly. From just creeping on her to killing her. Because he tries to get her to make out with him. And Mm -hmm. then fucking strangles her. (laughs) And he feels bad about it at first, but then his brother comes over and he's like, you can't let me go to jail for this. I have a baby on the way and my wife and blah, blah, blah. First of all, he don't have a baby on the way. He lied. <laughs> he lied. I, I, there's so much to this movie. I made so many notes and it's really hard for me not to go into like a whole plot synopsis because I really like this movie. But basically, they put her body in this big bag that you use to gather firewood and later in the film you find out that it has his brother's name stitched onto it Mm -hmm. and his brother helps him throw the body into this river that in the previously in the film we learned that the river likes to circulate things back and forth and back and forth because like that's what rivers do especially small ones 
they don't really, especially if it doesn't like feed into an ocean and it just kind of circles around this little town, it's more like a pond. Like <laughs> exactly. They try to sink it and uh, spoiler alert, it doesn't work forever. Well, he gets really into his writing and he starts getting a lot of publicity on this this missing girl because it was his maid. So, you know, the town, it's a small town and people gossip and she was last seen at his house. And he basically twists this story about how she was a hussy and stole a bunch of shit from them. And, but now he's got all this attention and he's writing, he gets really obsessed with writing this murder story. He won't let anybody see it. He's being a dick to his wife. And his brother is like spiraling out of control because he feels so guilty. And also his brother's being a fucking asshole to -hmm. everybody because now he's just losing it. Right. So he's relishing in it. And his Stevens, the main character's asshole level increases times a thousand. And now he's cheating on his wife who his poor wife, she's just like the sweetest lady. Mm -hmm. And Steven believes John, his brother, will kill himself at the end and he's like sweet i'm gonna pin this murder on him while he kills himself and john decides not to kill himself and so steven's like well then i'm gonna kill you and plant these earrings that i told everyone she stole on you so it looks like you killed her and i get out scot-free i get to write my book you become the murderer everything's great and by the way he goes home his wife's reading his book, realizes he killed her. Now he's going to kill her, pin it on his brother. It's a whole mess. <laughs> yes. It's a whole fucking mess. But his brother comes back and you're like, oh, his brother's not dead. Or is he? And then he like sees Emily's ghost, who's the woman that he killed. But it like this drape wraps him up and he falls down the stairs to his death. So, you know. Which is great. Yeah, there's a lot of intricacies to this film because they have this whole trial and you get really aggravated also because Mm -hmm. he's setting up his brother for, it's a whole feature film. It's like a whole hour 30 something of him just trying to set up his brother who you really root for this entire film. Yeah, his brother's the best. So the character development in the movie of... The main character, the antagonist, his brother and his wife. And then you've got these sub characters of the neighbor and the housekeeper of the brother all thrown in here. It's a very well put together film. And I'm not dissing movies from the 50s because some of my favorite films in general are older and especially like horror, like The Blob, for example. I love that movie. But this one felt it's actually based on a novel. So we have that too. It was probably well written. So they had a really good script to go off of. Mm -hmm. But it just felt very sophisticated. Yeah, it feels a lot like Psycho. I noted because right in the beginning he you only have the writer and then he kills the maid and you're still only left with the murderer just like psycho Uh so you're left going oh my god he needs to get off until you get the rest of his family members so that was pretty cool and then the only other smart ass comment i made was wow look at this entirely body shaped bag in the attic that i found (laughs) like seriously dude super convenient (laughs) exactly exactly yeah and even the house kind of is psycho-esque yeah like exactly and the wallpaper and the way that you he like walks from room to room and the shadows this was 10 years before psycho i think 10 mm-hmm. exactly i think psycho was 60 it was just i really really enjoyed this movie and it's a really really close favorite to 1953 which we'll get to in a moment yeah i love this movie it was great 
Moving on to 1951, we are back in America for The Thing from Another World. Now, a lot of you have probably seen The Thing. I know it's one of the big horror classics, right? That came from this original one. So the 1951 The Thing is all about an alien that touches down in Antarctica. And there is a team, a military team that is stationed out there, a very small one, that comes across the alien. The alien gets into the base and starts taking people out. There is a point, they do find him in a block of ice, and they end up, he melts, and that's when he becomes the threat. And then they eventually take the alien out. That's basically the whole thing. Mm-hmm. There is a point, though, this block of fucking ice that they pull in that has a person inside. You can <laughs> see. That's why they take it inside. <laughs> they put, put a fucking electric blanket on it. Oh, yeah. Like an electric blanket. It's in not like it's sitting on water or anything. Right. What the fuck? Are you like kidding me? It's safeguarded or anything. Exactly. <laughs> Are you people that dumb back then? God damn. I only made two notes for this movie. It was very short. Like, I... I most of the time well I kind of go back and forth between making notes on my phone and like actually writing notes but like most of my notes are pretty like long I only have two notes (laughs) aliens opposite of the blob because in the blob when they kill the aliens they take it to a cold place yeah and the Frankenstein alien that's about it yeah basically there's not much to this movie it's pretty fun I personally don't like the thing the one with kurt russell i personally don't like that because it's too gruesome for me but i loved the original the thing i thought it was great yeah it's it's definitely fun it's one of those where even when you watch the titles it says the thing from another world like it's Mm -hmm. like an afterthought but it is part of the title so alien movies really picked up in the 50s because you have the thing from the other world and then spoiler alert our last one for this segment is them and you also got the blob so we're starting to really get into ufos which is interesting because you also started to pick up around this time ufo phone calls and like reports and all that fun stuff so yeah well once again we just had finished world war ii so we have a lot of pilots out there you know seeing ufos and aliens and stuff so why might as well put it in horror yeah i mean it's terrifying (laughs) right so it's still terrifying like we don't we don't make enough alien movies that are terrifying in my freaking a right they let we need to we can't go to movies right now whenever that's a thing again whenever we can make movies again we need a good terrifying alien movie let's do that again (laughs) sounds great let's do it okay so moving on to 1952 good luck finding subtitles uh because (laughs) unless you buy the 35 dollar blu-ray on amazon which or you speak finnish yeah i don't i don't and (laughs) i watched this movie pretty much without subtitles i had subtitles for about 15 minutes of this film and then i had none and so basically what i did was i watched the film and i pulled up a also there's not a there's not a lot of detailed synopses online so you kind of have to go i had to find like indie film reviewers that had done walkthroughs of this so that's yeah. how i watched i did watch the film i didn't just give up and read a synopsis Good job. but i wa- i watched it while i was walking through detailed synopsis so that's how i watched this film <laughs> but you can pretty much get what's going on it's only about an hour and eight minute film mm-hmm. and it's called the white reindeer and like you said it is finnish 
I thought it was Russian at first, but then I started talking and I was like, that is not Russian. But it is interesting because the landscape of this horror film is very different. It's all on snow. They walk with skis on all the time and being pulled in sleds. So it's interesting that we've got several in like Arctic landscapes in this little snippet of this decade here. So this bitch, our main character, (laughs) basically is she, in the very beginning, you see that this baby is born to these, what's basically a shaman. One, the, somebody I was reading said witch. She was born a witch, but they, you see this couple in the beginning, this woman is very vivacious. And something I was reading a lot about too, is this woman that they got to play her is in her thirties. And you didn't really see that a lot in film at this Hmm, point. That's cool. You saw a lot of women, of course, especially when American and British and not that Finland is like fucking third world country, but when you look at film and you look at America and Britain and Germany, and you see a lot of women actors, especially Even now, they have to be beautiful and young to be Mm -hmm. stars in movies. And this woman was in her 30s. She's a little older, which was not very heard of in this, especially when we didn't really respect women anyways. (laughs) And she falls in love with this man very quickly and they marry. But that doesn't satisfy her because he's a reindeer herder, as most of these men are. And he's gone for work most of the time. And so she needs more than that. She a hoe. Yeah. She's not sexually (laughs) satisfied. She needs attention. He turned away from her one time in his sleep. Let the man sleep. I made a note of that. I I was like, (laughs) she loves her husband, but she gets lonely when he's away and wants to be desired. Like she won't even let him sleep when she, when he is home. She's like, Hey, look at me. And he's like, what? I sleep in. (laughs) she's like like, let's do it yeah so because she's lonely she's like even flirty with like the other herders so she goes to a shaman and she basically wishes to be desired is what i gathered without subtitles (laughs) she what she got was that she will be irresistible to any man what the spell was (laughs) and that doesn't just come with like they look at her while she walks by and they're like oh my god i need her what she gets is this basically weird vampire-y shape-shifting she's a were-reindeer correct yes (laughs) and it's kind of one of those be careful what you wish for tales yeah you know and she can shape-shift to a white reindeer and these men want to hunt that or herd it basically and when they do because it's like going away from the pack or the herd so they're like gotta go get it and when they do that they'll either want to catch it or shoot it and when they try to do that she transforms into a woman and i say vampire because she has fangs yeah that was weird yeah i think it's the easiest way to like show that she's not just like a normal woman and how she's going Mm -hmm. to kill them without like a lot of special effects because I also looked in this had like a shoestring budget and the company was actually put together by the director to do this film so it wasn't even done by like a big production company and it actually was not even well preserved one of the reasons it's so hard to find subtitles from what I deduced (laughs) is because 
it is well loved in the horror community now, but that is because of more recent buzz about it. Like when I say more recent, I mean in like the last de- a couple decades. For really? a really long time, it just kind of died and nobody really talked about it. And so it was not well preserved at all. And it was kind of like a lost film for a while. So I think that's one of the reasons why it's so difficult to find a subtitled version Unless, of course, you just go buy a $35 Blu-ray, which if we did that for every film, (laughs) our Patreon tiers would be much higher and we would have none. So, you know, it's one of those things where it's kind of like some of the films we talked about in the 20s. Like some copies are just terrible and some are beautiful because some of them weren't respected until it was a little too late to preserve them like they should Mm -hmm. be preserved. And this is... This is a, a good copy film wise, but you know, it's not American. So it wasn't quite as in our culture, you know, subtitled. But anyways, she kills a bunch of people. But, well, not a, not, not a bunch. There are a couple men that turn up dead. And then all of a sudden everybody's like, there's a fucking witch. And her husband actually leads the hunt for this witch. And basically she ends up dead. Right. When yeah. she gets upset, she sees her husband and all the townsfolk starting to make spears, and she, like, freaks out about it. Maybe if you hadn't been such a fucking bitch killing people, they wouldn't want to kill you. I'm just saying. Correct. Now, something I was not able to figure out with my language barrier, and maybe it's not something the film talks about, is this something she can control or not? I don't know. Right. Once she has the curse or whatever. But something you do know is that she figures out that she does have some sort of power because in the beginning you see that she's born with something that she doesn't realize until she goes to this shaman. And then she also sacrifices this cute, tiny little baby reindeer. Oh yeah. I want a reindeer now. So cute. Yeah, I even made a note. I was like, reindeer are the cutest goddamn little baby things I've ever seen in my life. You have extra land. Let's get a reindeer. They're going to be in your backyard. Oh, I do have a big backyard. I think I can only fit like two, but that's fine. So, uh, yeah, she, she gets big mad and then eventually she dies. But I, I just don't know if she has any control over it or not. But she does have some sort of power. Yeah. Poor guy, though. Like, he did, never even knew she was a witch or anything. And then he was the one who ended up killing her. He killed a reindeer and then it became his wife. Kind of like Wolfman. Yeah. You know? If you had just been sad, like you knew what he did for a, a job that wasn't going to change and also just masturbate and get over it. <laughs> exactly. Oh, or if you want to be a crazy witch, be like the shaman dude you went to. Just yeah. be like him. Make or, people spells. They'll like you. I'm sorry. Just cheat on him. No, <laughs> like, okay, There's two other guys not- laying on your floor. Have at <laughs> I'm just saying, is it not better to, like, cheat versus murder? I'm just saying. Like, there are levels of fucking... Levels of badness. Like, in the Ten Commandments, I'm pretty sure (laughs) thou shalt not commit adultery is not in there, but thou shalt not murder is. So, wait. Is committing adultery? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Yeah, they're they're both in there. Okay, great. (laughs) But it is levels of badness and murder is above yes okay great yeah moving on to 1953 we are back in america with a personal favorite of mine house of wax with vincent price who i love who everyone loves he's you know horror god vincent price and we're also in color this is our first one of the 50s in color and 3d yeah which is super obvious with this one (laughs) dude (laughs) like but it's really cool the way they did it it wasn't like like, it, it was cheesy, cool. but not, like, Friday the 13th cheesy. Like, it was it really, cool. really cool. Yeah, there were a couple times, and I'll talk about them in a minute, but House of Wax is about 
an artist. He's a sculptor who makes wax figures in this museum. And he's amazing. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I totally agree with him. If someone wanted to destroy it, like, he talks about how many hours it takes to make these faces and things for this museum. And then his business partner just burns the place down. If someone tried to do that for something I worked so hard for, I'd fucking kill him, too. Well, and he calls them their, like, his friends. You know? Exactly. Like, they... Not that he's crazy, but just, like, he literally gave them life, you know? Exactly. He's he's a lonely person, obviously, and these are his friends. So his business partner burns the place down. We move on to, after all of this, to his business partner, and he is out schmoozing some lady. Vincent Price ended up living, his character did, but he can't walk. His hands don't work the same way, so he ended up having to hire other sculptors to help him out with these pieces. He's going to start a new wax museum, but it's going to be more macabre. It's going to be more about people on electric chairs and being murdered. It's going to be great. My cup of tea. Let's go. Yep. In the background, you have, in this city, people are starting to disappear or die and then you see a couple of friends that live together one of the girls ends up dying the other girl finds her body and she gets thrown into the middle of this vincent price ends up finding her and liking her because he looks she looks exactly like his beloved marie antoinette her face does so he wants to sculpt her face right that seems innocent enough yep yep sure (laughs) he's the one that's been killing people And putting them in his fucking museum. Like collecting bodies from the morgue. It's fucked up, man. Exactly. So he hasn't come back totally sane. He has definitely gone insane. Because it's not... He starts off killing his business partner that, you know, burned the whole thing down. But then he starts killing just random people. And that's really scary and sad. Which is, you know, I get the business partner thing. But goddamn. Just people that want their life. Yeah. Vincent Price ends up getting his beloved Marie Antoinette female character. He takes her and he puts her down in the basement and he straps her to this thing where he's going to melt wax over her so that she can become his next wax figure. Eventually the cops burst in and take the whole process down. They throw Vincent Price in the thing of melted wax. I don't know. That's a bad way to go. I'd fucking hate that. That's horrible. I was thinking that the whole time that she was, mm. like, strapped naked on that board, just, like, yeah, man. Uh, waiting for fucking wax. Like, nope. Which I don't get. Her friend, he had drugged her with something that killed her. Do the same thing to her. Please don't. Like, I know like please bring me the shot. Yeah, I was about to say he had a syringe, but he was like, you will experience the pain and blah, blah, blah. I was like, no, just knock her out. Exactly. Kill her, please. Exactly. So eventually, you know, Vincent Price is dead. Everyone goes home happy. I love this movie, though. It's so good. There's even a real guillotine in it. So there's a point when the woman who's strapped down and getting ready to be poured with wax, her kind of boyfriend, best friend, comes in to save her, and he gets thrown into this guillotine machine. Well, I learned that was actually real. He protested on doing that scene for so long because he wanted it to be safer and safer and safer. And they finally convinced him to do one shot of it. That was it. That's the one shot you get. Fuck that. I wouldn't throw my head in there. I don't think I would either. (laughs) That is uh, one wrong, like, jostle to the guillotine. Exactly. (laughs) Like, we even see a point where it falls on accident. Fuck that. (laughs) No. (laughs) No, thank you. (laughs) This was before OSHA, I think, too. There's, like, no standard. (laughs) Right. Exactly. I forgot to mention the 3D point really quick. Oh, right, yeah. There's 
a point at the new wax museum they have someone calling everybody in and he's using these paddles like a hype he's got man. three of them he's a hype man and he is bringing people in with it and he keeps like knocking the paddle at the screen so we have that one like the and ball then the... paddles like they're attached by the string yeah yes and then we also have when the cops come in to save i'm just gonna call her marie antoinette i forget her actual name when they oh, the cops come in to save miss allen i don't i don't remember yeah they use this I don't know they use a torch basically but they use the pointy end to get through the door instead of the broad end to break it down and they definitely make a point once they get through the door of showing you that pointy end just like they do in you know Freya 13th 3D yeah. horror yeah there's a little bit of tongue in cheek in House of Wax too which I also forgot to mention but yeah, yeah it's good so 1954 we have them it is a black and white in the beginning they find a ransacked trailer and a little girl that's in shock and this poor little girl she's like walked away for who knows how long by herself and they find a ransacked store with a dead owner and the two similarities between the two is there is sugar just gone missing missing sugar And this is actually in a New Mexican desert and they bring in these scientists because there's, of course, shit's getting fucked up and they bring in a woman doctor, which is puzzling to them as, you know, as well as these creatures are puzzling, (laughs) which is actually brought up a couple times. And this monster film are giant fucking ants, but they're, they're like eight feet long. I think they say that ants are. So the these, smallest one was nine feet. Yeah, they're they're, they're fucking these are yeah. they're giant. And I was just thinking, like specifically, I know that it's the fifties and it doesn't look like scary, but ants are terrifying. Like mm-hmm. just as they exist in our world, I, I know that they're tiny, but they are <laughs> terrifying. And eventually, they call the White House, and it becomes this whole operation. And you kind of it very much feels like current like disaster films you get the military involved and you've got these big giant operations Mm -hmm. to go fight these things and it talks about the atomic age and how we opened the door to a new world and so we basically nuked these into existence right so which terrifies me because at the end they even talk about oh my god what if this happened in new mexico where we did the tests what happened in the you know place where we dropped the freaking bombs and i don't I mean, I've seen pictures of the terrifying bugs that they have in Australia and Japan, all East Asia right there. Yeah. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. I don't need big cockroaches coming at me. Uh-uh. I, yeah, I'm like a newbie, like, tarantula enthusiast. Um, can you imagine <laughs> if those motherfuckers got, like, nine uh-huh. feet long? No, thank you. I watch mine eat, and she's scary, and she's only, nope. like, three inches. Um, I'd kill myself. Yeah, Kristen's like, this is- <laughs> I'm like, zombies, I'm out. And Kristen's like, giant fucking giant bugs, bugs I'm, I'm out. out. <laughs> um, the quote at the end is, when man entered the atomic age, he opened the door to a new world. What we may eventually find in the new world, nobody can predict. And we see that a lot. Like, this, we, this says it was like nine years after we dropped the bomb. Uh, they even mm-hmm. talk about that. And what have, I mean, we've talked about like, radioactive things we just had a american horror story a couple years ago you know the world after Mm -hmm. radiation and you know and we constantly are like the threat of nuclear war and you know korea and you know russia and all this shit so even in the 50s you know they're like giant ants and we're like oh maybe (laughs) who knows 
Well, think about it. Think about how terrifying. Like, this poor family with the little girl. They're just at home doing their thing. Actually, they were on vacation, you find out. They're just on vacation, hanging out with their... It's two parents, two kids. One kid survives. Could you fucking imagine that? You're just eating breakfast some morning or something, and a giant ant bursts in your fucking house. What the fuck would you do? That's terrifying. You know, I'm going to kill you for your sugar cubes. Sugar is evil. Get rid of it. (laughs) You know, I'm down. <laughs> right. So many problems. I mean, this this movie is a little crazy, though. There's a point where the little girl is rescued, and they send her to a hospital so mm-hmm. for someone can take care of her. And the nurse that's been taking care of her even comments, she's like, "You can't get through to her. The only thing we've managed is extreme catharsis." And I'm like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa! Do you?" Did you hit her? Is that, is that what you fucking did? Did you slap that little five-year-old? I've just been throwing her against the wall a couple oh, times God a day. Damn. I mean, I guess it's the 50s and they didn't really care. They still did lobotomies and all of that shit, but goddamn. Poor little girl. Yeah, and she's like, like, I would still, I would be in shock too. And like, the sweetest part, like this happens within the first five minutes, is you kind of finally see her fall asleep and you're like, oh, thank God. Yeah. Let that poor child sleep. She wakes up to a slap. God damn. Uh, wake the fuck up. Exactly. Well, there's, really enjoyable, there's really enjoyable characters, too. Like, I love the scientist. Yes, me He's too. He's hilarious. He's like, damn your fucking rules. This is stupid. <laughs> Do you not exactly. understand what's going on? <laughs> exactly. He tells them that they need to firebomb the ant colony with, you know, chemicals yeah. so that they can get rid of them, right? Yeah. Which they do, but they don't firebomb the hole just around it. So then they come up to the the opening of the hole, and there's an ant sitting there. I'm like, fuck yeah, there's an ant sitting there. You didn't do shit. You didn't do anything. Well, think about the physics of an actual ant colony. (laughs) God, uh, I mean, yeah, that's true. Well, I'm just saying, like, what I you can't ever like. There's always one left, like in a real ant colony. Where do you exactly? There's always one at least because there's always a bajillion of them down there. Exactly. You're lucky that killed any of them. Yeah, exactly. You know there's going to be one. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like these people are... Con- there's a point right in the beginning when the sheriff's department, all the cops come in to save this little girl, and they find a print in the sand. And there's this dude trying to make a print out of this print in the sand. That sounds like the worst job ever. I'd quit. I'd be like, no. Mm-mm. Could you imagine making a print out of sand? It's blowing around and you can't... It's not firm. What you don't know that this is the desert, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So interesting monster movie. Um, I liked this movie. It was fun. It's yeah. like a blob to me. That fun horror. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And uh, it also felt like a lot. It set the stage for like a lot of those like, all right, roll out kind of movies. Does that make sense? Exactly. Right. Yeah. No, I get it. Yeah. So this was overall a pretty fun decade. I think, of course, yeah. House of Wax is always a favorite. But I think the one that I will keep with me, you know, you always pick like that one that like stuck out stuck out to you. For me, yeah. was House by the River from 1950. Because everybody knows House of Wax. So like that wasn't a surprise. Because yeah. Vincent Price, like it's a classic. It had Paris Hilton in it, you know, later on. I'm just kidding, by the way. That remake was terrible. Fuck um, that. I know you take a classic, a classic person like Vincent Price, and then you replace it later with Paris fucking Hilton. <laughs> Are you kidding me? It, it was very, very different, but it was God. really bad. <laughs> That's as far as I remember, at least. But yeah, if I were to recommend one other than House of Wax, my recommendation would probably be House by the River because it was a lot of fun and but also really infuriating and it got me like really wrapped up in the story. But they were all 
good. I thought that if you can find an American subtitled White Ranger, right. that was fun too. So yeah, overall, good five movies there. Yeah, I loved all of these. I think them would be my, my favorite. I had so much to talk oh, about. I had such fun. a fun time. Yeah, well, that's really cool. Well, thank you guys for hanging out with us for another segment of 100 Years of Horror. I can't believe that we are starting the halfway point. That's by fast, I feel like. Right. Uh, so we're getting through. So stay tuned soon for the wrap up of the 1950s. Until next time, stay creepy.